2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 15. It's a short little verse. Let me give you a little context. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth as he writes this verse. And he is commending them for their giving and for the things that they have graciously give unto the Lord. But he also reminds them of what the Lord has given them. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 15, he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now turn with me, if you will, to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17. And we're going to talk about the gifts of God. So James, chapter 1, and verse 17, this is what James has to say about the gifts of God. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The God's Word translation of that verse says, every good present and every perfect gift comes from above and comes from the Father who made the sun, the moon, and the stars. The Father doesn't change like shifting shadows produced by the sun or the moon. What James is saying that God is not only good, he is good all the time. Amen. He never changes. So we're going to stop reading the scripture right there, ask you to bow your heads, and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful this morning that we have opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. We're thankful for all that you have done for us. We're thankful, Lord, for all that you do with our lives. And Father, we're thankful this morning for your word and for the unspeakable wealth of riches and blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We ask, Lord, as we come to the ministry of your word, that you would just simply enable us to share what you have placed upon my heart. I pray this morning, Heavenly Father, that you would touch our lives by your word, that you would empower us with your Holy Spirit, that you would anoint us, Lord, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning. Give us a divine capability to speak and honor you. Let the word of God fall upon our hearts, be planted deeply within us, and allow your word to bring forth, I pray, fruit in our life. And for all of these things, we will be grateful and we will be eternally thankful. And we ask them in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. So the, the scripture says that Paul is thanking God for his unspeakable gifts. This morning, I want to talk to you for just a few moments about the perfect, unspeakable gifts of Christmas. 
In fact, the gifts that I want to talk to you about this morning are so incredibly perfect and wonderful that it really left the Apostle Paul speechless. Stop and think about that for a moment. Paul was a brilliant individual, highly intelligent. He was highly educated. He was a Pharisee among the Pharisees. He was schooled and taught and trained at the feet of one of the most respected Jewish leaders of his time. He was impeccable and well-informed when it came to the Jewish law. Rarely, if anywhere, do we find in Scripture where Paul is at a loss for words, and yet when he starts to try to explain the gifts that God has given to us through Christ, all he can say is thank you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts. Understand that Paul is not saying that we should not speak of those gifts, But he is telling us that the gifts that we have been given are so wonderful and so profound and they are so incredible that he is literally at a loss for words to describe or to explain. He says, I'm basically speechless and the only words that come to my mind are thanks be unto God for his wonderful, incredible, awesome gifts. He's saying that the gifts that God has bestowed upon our lives are so marvelous, so spectacular, and so splendid, and so breathtaking, and awe-inspiring that he cannot describe them. I don't know how I'm going to describe them to you this morning. But I submit to you this morning that Christmas is the evidence that God has provided for us through Christ the absolute perfect gifts that we needed in our lives. James, the corresponding text that we read, says that, amen, what God gives is always good. God is the author of perfect gifts. James is saying that God's gifts are always good because God is good and that he never changes and he always gives his very best. How many of you know that at Christmas he gave us his best? So I got to thinking about how that, I got to thinking about how that I could describe the gifts that the Lord has given to us. And the only thing that came to my mind was several questions. How many of you have ever shopped for just the right perfect gift? And you went from one end of the mall to the other looking for the perfect gift. You say, preacher, that's old-fashioned. We don't walk the mall anymore. Well, you went to the end of the Internet. Looking for the perfect gift because you wanted that gift to be special. You wanted that gift to be a blessing. You wanted that gift to be something that the individual would treasure. And those questions, you know, have you ever shopped for the perfect gift? I know that I have. And then I got to thinking, well, what makes the perfect gift? 
What determines something to be the perfect gift? And I submit to you this morning that the perfect gift has several attributes that cause it to be perfect. The first thing that I would submit is the perfect gift must be something that is personal. Hello? Something that is personal, something that is tailor-made or especially, amen, especially chosen for that individual that you are going to be giving the gift to. And that's not always easy. How many of you know that we all have different tastes? I mean, you know, not everyone would be thrilled with a Nerf gun. DJ would. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind when I shop on Monday. <laughs> we are all unique and we are all distinctive and God made us to all be different. And so to each one of us, the perfect gift could be something different. To each one of us, the perfect gift could be something different. We're, we all enjoy exclusive and distinctive things and we all appreciate different things. I remember years ago when my wife and I were, you know, I mean, around, you know, maybe 10 years marriage and she was going to be having a birthday. And so I wanted, I've been saving. I was going to, I was going to buy her a beautiful diamond ring. After all, you know, I like bling. She must like bling. And the retailers tell us, you know, guys, and the marketers tell us guys that diamonds are a girl's best friend. Right? And, and every kiss begins with K. <laughs> so in my mind, the perfect gift would be a diamond ring. I'm saving and I'm, you know, I'm putting money back and I'm going to surprise her with a diamond ring. And I started talking to her and seeing what I could get, you know, out of her and what she would like to have. And so I, 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 I kind of thought, you know, a diamond ain't what she wants. So I asked her, I said, honey, what is it that you would like to have? I, I'm saving and I intended to buy you this beautiful ring. She said, I would rather have a rototiller. <laughs> I'm like, yes, ma'am, you are welcome. If you want a rototiller, baby, we'll get a rototiller. <laughs> It was a it was a really nice rototiller, the deluxe model. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you know, that the perfect gift to different individuals can be different things. So think about that. That 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 what makes a gift perfect? The thing that makes a gift perfect is that it is unique to that individual. Something that they would want. Something that they would cherish. The second thing that I think makes a gift perfect is that it should fill a need or a desire. It should, it should be something that is useful and needful. Have you ever heard the expression, what do you buy the person that has everything? Right? Well, what they are really saying is, I, I want to buy them something. I want to give them something that will be useful and something that will be needed. So a great gift is made up of both a personal and something that's useful. And the Apostle Paul says, thanks be unto God 
for his unspeakable gifts because God has chosen to give to us, uh, amen, the most personal and the most intimate and the most useful gift that we could ever receive in his son, Jesus Christ. There in Bethlehem, the perfect gift of God came to become our personal savior. He came into this world to fulfill a need that we could not fill on our own. He came to purchase something for us that we ourselves could not attain. The birth of Jesus brought to us both a personal gift and a needful gift. We needed salvation and we stood in need of being reconciled unto our Father. And God gave us the most perfect and the most personal and the most lovely gift that we could ever imagine. And this morning I want to talk to you for just a few moments about the gifts that he gave us at Christmas. The first gift that he gave us was the gift of his dear son. The golden text of the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, for God so loved, and let that sink into your heart. The mission of Christmas was love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I always love to quote verse number 17 along with verse number 16 because uh, verse number 17 says, uh, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let me just tell you this morning that God did not send his son into the world to condemn us, but God sent his son into the world, amen, that he might reveal his love to us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, amen, that we might have an intimate, personal relationship with God the Father through Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, came to offer each one of us a personal and intimate relationship that is completely unique to us. Let me just tell you this morning, God did not intend to create a bunch of cookie-cutter Christians that all look alike that all talk alike, that all act alike. No, God came to give us a personal, intimate relationship with him. He came to give us an intimate gift, that gift of salvation. He came, amen, so that we could individually seek out our own soul salvation with fear and with trembling before God the Father. Your relationship may not look like my relationship. That doesn't mean that you don't have one, and I do. Hello? He came to give us an intimate gift. 
Your gift may look a little different than my gift. Your walk may look a little different than my walk. Uh, Amen. You hear what I'm saying? But he came to give us uh, an intimate relationship and a fellowship with God. Mm. Amen. He came to offer us something that we needed and something that we could not afford to obtain upon our own. He came to give us an intimate relationship with God the Father. We could never attain that. We could never, it was a need in our life. That's a a beautiful, profound gift. The gift of his son. Can I tell you this morning that you are some of the most privileged people in the world to know that truth. To know that truth that God desires to have an intimate and personal relationship with you. And that you were in need of that gift. How wonderful is that? The second perfect gift gift of Christmas through Christ was the gift of eternal life. Wow. Eternal life. You know what? You are always going to be. Sometimes we live in this little finite idea of birth to death and that's it. No, 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 no. No, we are eternal beings. When your body, when you pass away, your body is, I mean, your body returns to the dust, the Bible says, but your spirit is going to return to God who gave it. When I die, I am just shutting off the lights and I'm going to walk out this old door. And I'm going to keep right on living because I am an eternal being. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not only here, but in the hereafter. Mm. This is what the scripture says. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He came to give us eternal life with him. Wow, you talk about, uh, that, that's way better than a Nerf gun. <laughs> The wages of sin is that, let me just tell you that before Jesus came, amen, I would be in my sin and my paycheck would be death and eternal damnation. But Christ came that I could have life and eternal life in him. What a beautiful gift. Amen. I don't know how to explain it, but amen. The old writer says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Hey, thank God. He made me alive in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I don't know how to explain it either. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts. His amazing gifts, his wonderful salvation. 
He gave us eternal life. Third, the birth, the third perfect gift of Christmas. When Jesus came, he came to give us the gift of grace. He came to give us the gift of grace. Okay, preacher, I don't know exactly what that, here's what I'm saying. What you and I deserved was justice. What you and I deserved before, while we were in our sin, we deserved justice. And God came to give us some grace. Why is grace so important? Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. You're saved by the grace of God. And that, he says, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. How many of you have ever gone to bed at night and just thought to yourself, surely today I have exhausted the grace of God? <laughs> you don't have to testify. You know, don't elbow anybody. But have you ever gone to bed and thought to yourself, surely... I have exhausted the grace of God today. I lost my temper and I said some stuff I shouldn't have said and I did some stuff I shouldn't have done and I, and, and I, I just blew it and then after I blew it, I blew it some more. Well, here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. He said unto us, my grace is sufficient. Amen. For in my strength, or for in my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And then he said in Romans 5 and 20, but where sin abounds, uh, grace does much more abound. What I'm saying this morning is you may have blown it and you may be going to bed at night feeling like you've exhausted the grace of God, but I got some good news. God gave us the gift of an infinite grace and there is more than enough to cover your sin and more than enough to cover your inadequacies and more than enough, amen, to keep you in the hand of the Lord. What a beautiful gift of grace. That doesn't mean we have license to sin. It means that we have a sinful nature and then in our sinful nature that often we fail him. But there is grace for those that call upon the name of the Lord. The fourth perfect gift that he gives us, and this is so incredible, it is such an incredible thing. He gives us, he gave to us the perfect gift of his Holy Spirit. He gave to us the perfect gift of his Holy Spirit. This is the way the Bible puts it. That he put this heavenly treasure in earthen vessels. He put this beautiful anointing of his Holy Spirit in earthen vessels. We are all flawed. But here's what the scripture says. Amen. When Peter preached to those on the day of Pentecost, they said, what shall we do? And Peter said, be baptized in the name of the Lord and amen for the remission of sin. And you too shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you, unto your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. In other words, that promise, that gift of the Holy Spirit is for all of us. 
Here's what the Bible said in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. And the Bible said, because you are sons, because you are daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. What a powerful gift to be given to us. One that is alongside of us and one that comes to lead us and guide us and strengthen us and enable us. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. When Paul said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts, he's talking about the gift of the Son of God. He's talking about the gift of salvation and the gift of mercy and the gift of eternal life and the gift and the, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about all of the treasures that have been given to all of us. If we only receive. If we only receive, God has given to us some of the most wonderful and the most perfect and most precious gifts. However, if we will ever enjoy the benefits of those gifts, then we must take possession of them. So let me just tell you this morning, you may have a gift under the tree at home that has your name on it. If you never unwrap it and take it to possession, you will never enjoy the benefits of that gift. Well, the same is true. Except you believe and receive by faith all of the things that God has given to us, we will never enjoy those things that he has given us. I encourage you this morning Receive the gift of God's dear son. I encourage you this morning, receive the gift of eternal life. I encourage you this morning to receive the amazing grace and the mercy and the goodness of God. I encourage you this morning to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you this morning to receive that all that Bethlehem has afforded us. Receive everything that God has given to us. I encourage you this morning to reach out by faith and take a hold of all of those things that have your name on them because the gifts have already been given. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts Jesus came that we might have life in him. God has a gift this morning with your name on it. And he's just waiting for you to unwrap it. Receive that this morning. Bow your heads all over the building, if you will. Bow your heads, please. The perfect unspeakable gifts of Christmas. I submit to you this morning that there would be no Easter if there were no Bethlehem. There would be no tomb if there 
were no womb. I submit to you this morning that there would be no, there would be no life in our heart without the light of God. There would be no table that we are about to approach if there were no stable. The story is interconnected. Christmas is not the end of the story. He paid the penalty for our sins, gave gifts unto men, and rose from the dead victorious. So this morning as we begin to partake of the bread and the, the cup of communion. I, I ask you this morning to just contemplate and think of all of the gifts that are available to you that God has provided for you. Eric, can I ask you, and Brother Jim, can I ask you, the communion is right out in the front there on the table. Would you, brethren, pass that out? While they are coming with that, I want you just to remain in an attitude of praise and worship. I ask you this morning to Contemplate the gifts of his salvation, the gifts of his grace and mercy. And receive those things that he purchased for you at the price of his body and his blood. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and you just speak to the Lord in prayer this morning. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also was delivered unto you. That the Lord the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father in heaven this morning, we are a grateful people. And we thank you for the perfect gift of the Son of the living God who came to purchase our salvation at the expense of his own life. For the body that was broken and the body that was bruised and beaten and smitten and afflicted. Lord, we are thankful and as we partake of that body this morning, we honor you. And we give praise and glory unto you. And we do this in remembrance of your sacrifice. Would you take the bread this morning?
Verse 25 says, And after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped or drank, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. I thank God from the bottom of my heart that we are no longer under the old covenant, but that we are under the new covenant purchased not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with the blood of the Son of God. He shed his blood on Calvary's cross for you and I. And Father, this morning we are grateful for the blood that was shed on our behalf. That gift of salvation that was purchased by the blood of Jesus, we unwrap it and we receive it this morning. And we are an eternally grateful people. We thank you and we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Would you please now receive the cup? Amen, amen, amen. Amen, come and see.